Section 12 of Gray's Anatomy, Part 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Anatomy of the Human Body, Part 3, by Henry Gray. Section 12, Part 1. The External Carotid Artery. A. Carotis Externa. The external carotid artery begins opposite the upper border of the thyroid cartilage and, taking a slightly curved course, passes upward and forward, and then inclines backward to the space behind the neck of the mandible, where it divides into the superficial temporal and internal maxillary arteries. It rapidly diminishes in size in its course up the neck, owing to the number and large size of the branches given off from it. In the child, it is somewhat smaller than the internal carotid, but in the adult, the two vessels are of nearly equal size. At its origin, this artery is more superficial and placed nearer the middle line than the internal carotid and is contained within the carotid triangle. Relations The external carotid artery is covered by the skin, superficial fascia, platysma, deep fascia, and anterior margin of the sternocleidomastoideus. It is crossed by the hypoglossal nerve, by the lingual, ranine, common facial, and superior thyroid veins, and by the digastricus and stylohyoideus. Higher up, it passes deeply into the substance of the parotid gland, where it lies deep to the facial nerve and the junction of the temporal and internal maxillary veins. Medial to it are the hyoid bone, the wall of the pharynx, the superior laryngeal nerve, and a portion of the parotid gland. Lateral to it, in the lower part of its course, is the internal carotid artery. Posterior to it, near its origin, is the superior laryngeal nerve, and higher up, it is separated from the internal carotid by the styloglossus and stylopharyngeus, the glossopharyngeal nerve, the pharyngeal branch of the vagus, and part of the parotid gland. Branches The branches of the external carotid artery may be divided into four sets. 1. Anterior Superior thyroid Lingual External maxillary 2. Posterior Occipital Posterior auricular 3. Ascending Ascending pharyngeal 4. Terminal superficial temporal internal maxillary one the superior thyroid artery a thyroidea superior arises from the external carotid artery just below the level of the greater cornu of the hyoid bone and ends in the thyroid gland relations from its origin under the anterior border of the sternocleidomastoideus it runs upward and forward for a short distance in the carotid triangle where it is covered by the skin, platysma, and fascia. It then arches downward beneath the omohyoideus, sternohyoideus, and sternothyroideus. To its medial side are the constrictor pharyngus inferior and the external branch of the superior laryngeal nerve. Branches. It distributes twigs to the adjacent muscles and numerous branches to the thyroid gland, anastomosing with its fellow of the opposite side and with the inferior thyroid arteries. 
The branches to the gland are generally two in number. One, the larger, supplies principally the anterior surface on the isthmus of the gland in anastomoses with the corresponding artery of the opposite side. A second branch descends on the posterior surface of the gland and anastomoses with the inferior thyroid artery. Besides the arteries distributed to the muscles and to the thyroid gland, the branches of the superior thyroid are hyoid, sternocleidomastoid, superior laryngeal, cricothyroid, the hyoid branch, ramus hyoideus infrahyoid branch, is small and runs along the lower border of the hyoid bone, beneath the thyrohyoideus and anastomoses with the vessel of the opposite side. The sternocleidomastoid branch, ramus sternocleidomastoideus sternomastoid branch, runs downward and lateralward across the sheath of the common carotid artery and supplies the sternocleidomastoideus and neighboring muscles and integument. It frequently arises as a separate branch from the external carotid. The superior laryngeal artery, a laryngea superior, larger than either of the preceding, accompanies the internal laryngeal branch of the superior laryngeal nerve beneath the thyrohyoideus. It pierces the hyothyroid membrane and supplies the muscles, mucous membrane, and glands of the larynx, anastomosing with the branch from the opposite side. The cricothyroid branch, ramus cricothyroideus, is small and runs transversely across the cricothyroid membrane, communicating with the artery of the opposite side. 2. The lingual artery, a lingualis arises from the external carotid between the superior thyroid and external maxillary. It first runs obliquely upward and medialward to the greater cornu of the hyoid bone. It then curves downward and forward, forming a loop which is crossed by the hypoglossal nerve, and passing beneath the digastricus and the stylohyoideus, it runs horizontally forward, beneath the hyoglossus, and finally, ascending almost perpendicularly to the tongue, turns forward on its lower surface as far as the tip, under the name of the profunda linguae. Relations Its first or oblique portion is superficial and is contained within the carotid triangle. It rests upon the constrictor pharyngus medius and is covered by the platysma and the fascia of the neck. Its second, or curved, portion also lies upon the constrictor pharyngus medius, being covered at first by the tendon of the digastricus and by the stylohyoideus, and afterward by the hyoglossus. Its third, or horizontal, portion lies between the hyoglossus and genioglossus, the fourth, or terminal part, under the name of the profunda linguae, renine artery, runs along the undersurface of the tongue to its tip. Here it is superficial, being covered only by the mucous membrane. Above it is the longitudinalis inferior, and on the medial side the genioglossus. The hypoglossal nerve crosses the first part of the lingual artery, but is separated from the second part by the hyoglossus. Branches. The branches of the lingual artery are hyoid, dorsalis linguae, sublingual, profunda linguae, the hyoid branch, ramus hyoideus, suprahyoid branch, runs along the upper border of the hyoid bone, 
supplying the muscles attached to it and anastomosing with its fellow of the opposite side the arterii dorsalis linguae rami dorsalis linguae consist usually of two or three small branches which arise beneath the hyoglossus they ascend to the back of the dorsum of the tongue and supply the mucous membrane in this situation the glossopalatine arch the tonsil soft palate and epiglottis anastomosing with the vessels of the opposite side the sublingual artery a sublingualis arises at the anterior margin of the hyoglossus and runs forward between the genioglossus and mylohyoideus to the sublingual gland it supplies the gland and gives branches to the mylohyoideus and neighboring muscles and to the mucous membrane of the mouth and gums one branch runs behind the alveolar process of the mandible in the substance of the gum to anastomose with a similar artery from the other side another pierces the mylohyoideus and anastomoses with the submental branch of the external maxillary artery the arteria profunda linguae renine artery deep lingual artery is the terminal portion of the lingual artery it pursues a tortuous course and runs along the under surface of the tongue below the longitudinalis inferior and above the mucous membrane it lies on the lateral side of the genioglossus accompanied by the lingual nerve at the tip of the tongue it is said to anastomose with the artery of the opposite side but this is denied by hurdle in the mouth these vessels are placed one on either side of the frenulum linguae three the external maxillary artery a maxillaris externa facial artery arises in the carotid triangle a little above the lingual artery and sheltered by the ramus of the mandible passes obliquely up beneath the digastricus and stylohyoideus over which it arches to enter a groove on the posterior surface of the submaxillary gland it then curves upward over the body of the mandible at the antero-inferior angle of the masseter passes forward and upward across the cheek to the angle of the mouth then ascends along the side of the nose and ends at the medial commissure of the eye under the name of the angular artery this vessel both in the neck and on the face is remarkably tortuous in the former situation to accommodate itself to the movements of the pharynx in deglutition and in the latter to the movements of the mandible lips and cheeks relations in the neck its origin is superficial being covered by the integument platysma and fascia it then passes beneath the digastricus and stylohyoideus muscles and part of the submaxillary gland and frequently beneath the hypoglossal nerve it lies upon the constrictoris pharyngus medius and superior the latter of which separates it at the summit of its arch from the lower and back part of the tonsil on the face where it passes over the body of the mandible it is comparatively superficial lying immediately beneath the platysma in its course over the face it is covered by the integument the fat of the cheek and near the angle of the mouth by the platysma rhizorius and zygomaticus it rests on the buccinator and caninus and passes either over or under the infraorbital head 
of the quadratus labii superioris. The anterior facial vein lies lateral to the artery and takes a more direct course across the face, where it is separated from the artery by a considerable interval. In the neck it lies superficial to the artery. The branches of the facial nerve cross the artery from behind forward. Branches. The branches of the artery may be divided into two sets, those given off in the neck, cervical, and those on the face, facial. Cervical branches. Ascending palatine, tonsillar, glandular, submental, muscular. Facial branches. Inferior labial, superior labial, lateral nasal, angular, muscular. The ascending palatine artery, a palatina ascendens, arises close to the origin of the external maxillary artery and passes up between the styloglossus and stylopharyngeus to the side of the pharynx, along which it is continued between the constrictor pharyngus superior and the pterygoideus internus to near the base of the skull. It divides near the levator villi palatini into two branches. One follows the course of this muscle, and, winding over the upper border of the constrictor pharyngus superior, supplies the soft palate and the palatine glands, anastomosing with its fellow of the opposite side and with the descending palatine branch of the internal maxillary artery. The other pierces the constrictor pharyngus superior and supplies the palatine tonsil and auditory tube, anastomosing with the tonsillar and ascending pharyngeal arteries. The tonsillar branch, ramus tonsillaris, ascends between the pterygoideus internus and styloglossus, and then along the side of the pharynx, perforating the constrictor pharyngus superior to ramify in the substance of the palatine tonsil and root of the tongue. The glandular branches, rami glandulari submaxillary branches, consist of three or four large vessels which supply the submaxillary gland, some being prolonged to the neighboring muscles, lymph glands, and integument. The submental artery, A. submentalis, the largest of the cervical branches, is given off from the facial artery just as that vessel quits the submaxillary gland. It runs forward upon the mylohyoideus, just below the body of the mandible, and beneath the digastricus. It supplies the surrounding muscles and anastomoses with the sublingual artery and with the mylohyoid branch of the inferior alveolar. At the symphysis menti, it turns upward over the border of the mandible and divides into a superficial and a deep branch. The superficial branch passes between the integument and quadratus labii inferioris and anastomoses with the inferior labial artery. The deep branch runs between the muscle and the bone, supplies the lip, and anastomoses with the inferior labial and mental arteries. The inferior labial artery, A. labialis inferior, inferior coronary artery, arises near the angle of the mouth. It passes upward and forward beneath the triangularis and, penetrating the orbicularis oris, runs in a tortuous course along the edge of the lower lip between this muscle and the mucous membrane. It supplies the labial glands, the mucous membrane, and the muscles of the lower lip, and anastomoses with the artery of the opposite side, 
and with the mental branch of the inferior alveolar artery, the superior labial artery, a labialis superior, superior coronary artery, is larger and more tortuous than the inferior. It follows a similar course along the edge of the upper lip, lying between the mucous membrane and the orbicularis oris, and anastomoses with the artery of the opposite side. It supplies the upper lip and gives off in its course two or three vessels which ascend to the nose. A septal branch ramifies on the nasal septum as far as the point of the nose, and an alar branch supplies the ala of the nose. The lateral nasal branch is derived from the external maxillary, as that vessel ascends along the side of the nose. It supplies the ala and dorsum of the nose, anastomosing with its fellow, with the septal and alar branches, with the dorsal nasal branch of the ophthalmic, and with the infraorbital branch of the internal maxillary. The angular artery, A. angularis, is the terminal part of the external maxillary. It ascends to the medial angle of the orbit, embedded in the fibers of the angular head of the quadratus labii superioris, and accompanied by the angular vein. On the cheek it distributes branches which anastomose with the infraorbital, after supplying the lacrimal sac and orbicularis oculi. It ends by anastomosing with the dorsal nasal branch of the ophthalmic artery. The muscular branches in the neck are distributed to the pterygoideus internus and stylohyoideus, and on the face to the masseter and buccinator. The anastomoses of the external maxillary artery are very numerous, not only with the vessel of the opposite side, but in the neck, with the sublingual branch of the lingual, with the ascending pharyngeal, and by its ascending palatine and tonsillar branches with the palatine branch of the internal maxillary, on the face, with the mental branch of the inferior alveolar as it emerges from the mental foramen, with the transverse facial branch of the superficial temporal, with the infraorbital branch of the internal maxillary, and with the dorsal nasal branch of the ophthalmic. Peculiarities The external maxillary artery not infrequently arises in common with the lingual. It varies in its size and in the extent to which it supplies the face. It occasionally ends at the submental and not infrequently extends only as high as the angle of the mouth or nose. The deficiency is then compensated for by enlargement of one of the neighboring arteries. 4. The occipital artery, A. occipitalis, arises from the posterior part of the external carotid, opposite the external maxillary, near the lower margin of the posterior belly of the digastricus, and ends in the posterior part of the scalp course and relations. At its origin, it is covered by the posterior belly of the digastricus and the stylohyoideus, and the hypoglossal nerve winds around it from behind forward. Higher up, it crosses the internal carotid artery, the internal jugular vein, and the vagus and accessory nerves. It next ascends to the interval between the transverse process of the atlas and the mastoid process of the temporal bone and passes horizontally backward, grooving the surface of the latter bone, being covered by the sternocleidomastoideus, blinius capitis, longissimus capitis, and digastricus, and resting upon the rectus capitis lateralis, the obliquus superior, and semi-spinalis capitis. 
It then changes its course and runs vertically upward, pierces the fascia connecting the cranial attachment of the trapezius with the sternocleidomastoideus, and ascends in a tortuous course in the superficial fascia of the scalp, where it divides into numerous branches, which reach as high as the vertex of the skull, and anastomose with the posterior auricular and superficial temporal arteries. Its terminal portion is accompanied by the greater occipital nerve. Branches. The branches of the occipital artery are muscular, sternocleidomastoid, auricular, meningeal, descending. The muscular branches, rami muscularis, supply the digastricus, stylohyoideus, splenius, and longissimus capitis. The sternocleidomastoid artery, a sternocleidomastoidea, sternomastoid artery, generally arises from the occipital close to its commencement, but sometimes springs directly from the external carotid. It passes downward and backward over the hypoglossal nerve and enters the substance of the muscle, in company with the accessory nerve. The auricular branch, ramus auricularis, supplies the back of the concha and frequently gives off a branch, which enters the skull through the mastoid foramen and supplies the dura matter, the diploe, and the mastoid cells. This latter branch sometimes arises from the occipital artery and is then known as the mastoid branch. The meningeal branch, ramus meningeus dural branch, ascends from the internal jugular vein and enters the skull through the jugular foramen and condyloid canal to supply the dura matter in the posterior fossa. The descending branch, ramus descendens, arteria princeps cervicis. The largest branch of the occipital descends on the back of the neck and divides into a superficial and deep portion. The superficial portion runs beneath the splenius, giving off branches which pierce that muscle to supply the trapezius and anastomose with the ascending branch of the transverse cervical. The deep portion runs down between the semispinalis capitis and coli and anastomoses with the vertebral and with the a profunda cervicalis, a branch of the costocervical trunk. The anastomosis between these vessels assists in establishing the collateral circulation after ligature of the common carotid or subclavian artery. The terminal branches of the occipital artery are distributed to the back of the head. They are very tortuous and lie between the integument and the occipitalis, anastomosing with the artery of the opposite side and with the posterior auricular and temporal arteries, and supplying the occipitalis, the integument, and pericranium. One of the terminal branches may give off a meningeal twig, which passes through the parietal foramen. End of section 12. Recording by Selena Arder.